the world is full of wonders. Magic is hidden in small moments. And monsters could be hiding just out of sight. But if you're looking to find them, adventure is waiting to happen. You never know who you'll meet along the way. We are the Storyteller Squad. adventurers welcome back to the storyteller squad thanks for joining us for more monster of the week before we begin we have to check in with those heroes they kind of beat each other up last week let's make sure they're okay all i'm saying is that everyone needs to work on their footwork they were good but mm-mm, people are gonna be falling on the butts so much so much i'm hugo rashad Good lord, am I glad we've got some missions to do. I was running out of ways to distract us from the main plot. I'm Agent Whitaker. Nothing says family bonding time like beating the crap out of each other. I love you guys. I'm Raven Eugenia. I promise I will turn down the shenanigans and the monstrous behavior. And you can't see my fingers because this is an audio program. I am Damian Angelo Edgecrest. I leave for a second, and I come back, and everyone's beating up Whitaker. I am not going to lie. I'm a little upset I missed that. I'm Felicity Starnbrook. Horrified by the ever-increasing complexity of my social life amongst these humans, I'm Aiden Brightwood. Let's have an adventure. Last time... Our heroes left the Blue Mountain Humane Society with a new friend in tow, the puppy dog Ruby. They still had nowhere in particular to head to, as they've just been meandering and trying to stay on the move and not settle down anywhere for too long. After getting a little tired of the road, they spent a morning discussing ways to solve their actual problem and what the plan was going forward. There was some discussion and contacting of their ally, Prithi Devon, at the Eastie Agency, who said that they think if they assign you some cases that are unresolved, but under the guise that it is a search for Damien, you will be able to keep Olivia Eastie off your butts for a little while longer. Maybe long enough to get Raven and Felicity on the payroll. You had Mira arrive to answer some questions, although mostly what she did was annoyingly bring Felicity back to Autumn Falls using her fey magic, and that led to a discussion with Granny Jones, where Felicity tried to gain some insight into what could be done to solve the problem, either with magic or through Granny Jones's knowledge of the supernatural world. Granny Jones... Maybe not surprisingly, thinks it's a bad idea to hang around Damien or treat him like a friend, but determined to look for a solution that lets you remain friends with the pile of gloop. You thanked her for the information and took a box of her homemade cookies back with you when Aiden arrived to reunite you with the group. You had another vision later that night, and following some other visions about being in a forest, this one had the ring of the 
visions you feel very strongly are memories, though not your own. After trying some illicit late-night magic with Damien in an attempt to learn the life drain ability in order to steal back the spark that he took from you, you talk to Aiden and seem to resolve a little bit of the tension between the two of you as you connected that the person with a large sword in your vision is somehow connected to Agent Hillary Ross. The next day, you guys spent the morning before brunch bright and early as Whitaker woke you to do some training together, which led to a full group sparring match and some frustrations were let out, some pent-up energy, and y'all got the zoomies uh, <laughs> and went after each other. <laughs> With glowing fists, tiger forms, and magic tarot cards, along with some taser bolts from our good friend Hugo. <laughs> Poor Whitaker brought secret agent training to a magic fight. But that's where we left off, as you all laid there in the field where you had parked the trailer, ready to make some brunch. What do you do? Good work, everyone. How do we feel about pancakes? Yes, please. You earn them. I will go get started. You didn't have to cook them, Damien. Anyone can make it. Whatever, it's fine. It's fine. Not if I get there first. <laughs> <laughs> and they race to the oven or stovetop, I guess. Damien rushes to the small kitchen range in the trailer to whip up some pancakes for you all. I would think Whitaker probably has some sort of camp stove also that you could bring out to do like cooking of meats and other things that might make a little more smoke and do that outside. Oh, yeah. He's got like a grill dad side to him. Absolutely. Yeah. As we've started to establish, this trailer is packed with features. So <laughs> there's probably a full down propane attachment and easy way to set up a little grill outside. It's got everything. Do you guys know what a Paul Bunyan breakfast is? Have I talked about that before? Isn't it French toast, bacon, eggs, ham, pancakes, and some other thing? It's just like everything, right? It might be called that in some circles. What I know it as was the traditional breakfast food we had with my cousins when we went camping. You would make little pancakes and then stick a sausage link in them and fold it up like a taco and squeeze oh. maple syrup over it. I do remember you talking about those at some point. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I've included it on the show yet or not. If not, it's really good, guys. You should try it. <laughs> I'm down. Yeah, sounds delicious. <laughs> yeah, it's like the perfect way to eat breakfast when you're camping and plates are in short supply. <laughs> Is it Aiden who introduces the idea to the group? Sure. <laughs> yeah, why not? Uh, she tells you a, an odd story about heading west and <laughs> <laughs> being around a logging camp and making breakfast for the hungry lumberjacks. <laughs> She tells you about her good friend, Paul Bunyan. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys are having breakfast. Hugo, I want to check in with you after all the sparring went down, our eating together, and the plans to continue traveling further from Washington. What's Where's Hugo's head at? If anything, he's good with it. Slightly worried about exactly what will happen when he's gone for too long, but at the same time he's realized they've been fine without him in the past, them being the other members of the Whispered. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
If you are not opposed to it, I have a flashback in mind for Hugo in this moment as you see Whitaker grilling up some breakfast sausages, maybe flipping a few eggs on a little hot plate. And as you sit outside or go in and bring out some glasses of juice for everybody, you suddenly just start to reminisce. You, you are remembering a moment like this in your younger years. And we will shift the camera to the Rashad household many, many years ago. Your father, Jabari, is out on the deck grilling in a similar fashion to Whitaker in this moment. He's got some chicken thighs brushed in his signature barbecue sauce that are cooking on the grill and a pan of wings that he's steaming and reheating after prepping them the night before. And your mother, Miranda, is sitting on the deck under one of these little, the like deck chairs that have the little shade awning attachment. And she's got a book out that is allowing her to practice reading Italian, one of the many languages that she speaks. And a few cars pull up outside the house and a bunch of your extended family are here, your aunts, uncles, several cousins, and they all start piling out of the cars. They're carrying food and coolers and greeting each other as they arrive and calling out to your dad, you know, don't burn it, Jabari. And he's like, ah, you got, you know, uh, welcoming everyone to your home. And young Hugo is not part of this initial wave of hospitality. A 12-year-old Hugo is up in his room. There are some paints out on a little desk and several plastic figurines in various states of painted. There's a lot of Gundams. A whole lot of Gundams. Yeah. <laughs> little glue kits and model figures put together on, uh, on their bases. There's a, a knock on the frame of your door. And your mom says, cousins are here. Yep. You gonna come down? You gotta come down and say hello. Uh, uh, give me like an hour. And she walks over to see what you're working on. It's nice. Ooh, look at this one. She picks one of the little foot soldiers up. You're getting pretty good. It's not quite there yet, though. Not, not quite there. Yeah. If I know you... You'd stay up here all afternoon getting it just right, wouldn't you? But I can't, can I? Well, people aren't meant to be alone all the time, Hugo. You need family. And we need you. I mean, without you, what are we supposed to do if a monster shows up? And she takes one of the monsters off your shelf of minis and kind of like, <laughs> shakes it at you. And at that moment, your stomach growls because you haven't eaten since <laughs> maybe the night before being obsessed with getting this army or whatever it is that you're working on finished. I think I hear a monster right there. I bet some of daddy's wings could slay it, don't you think? What do you say? Wait, did, did, is he doing the ones with the extra hot sauce? Mm-hmm, you know he is. Hugo puts the stuff down and just bolts out the door. <laughs> we fade back away as you hear your dad's voice calling from outside. All right, everybody, take a seat. I'll have this food ready in a sec. And we fade into Whitaker turning around with a plate of the sausages and Damien coming out of the trailer with a bunch of pancakes. A different sort of family gathering, but a similar one to those you fondly remember. And you hear a voice in your head, Hugo. It's a nice story, Mr. Rashad. I wonder what it would be worth in trade. Far more than you can afford. You let me know when you need a bargain. I still have to pay off that last one. That's true. You know how to find me. <sighs> the voice of Aranya Kabe leaves your mind. 
And you have pancakes and syrup to <laughs> wash the bad taste out of your mouth. And at a rare moment, Hugo's actually smiling quite a bit the entire time. Mm-hmm. I have wet wipes just because pancake syrup gets everywhere. And here's some silverware for you and you and the plates. What kind of syrup do you have? We would probably have gotten whatever the highest quality. This close to Canada, we have great syrup. Mm -hmm. We're definitely syrup snobs here. Okay, so it's a real syrup group. None of the corn syrup stuff at all. Oh, God, no. We definitely splurge for like the gallon size. It's like 50 bucks. Yeah. Okay. Just a jug of that pure maple syrup. Felicity uses a little bit too much of it. (laughs) (laughs) Just a little bit. And everyone's like, oh, $50. Like, come on. And I'm just like, (laughs) how is that pancake retaining its structural shape? (laughs) It's not. It's more of a cereal at this point. Soggy mess on a plate. Creepily enough, there is a single bottle of the artificial stuff, which Hugo is using because he's not used (laughs) to the regular stuff. Yeah, I think Aiden and you are sharing that one. She's like, I didn't have the real stuff for a long time, and I kind of got used to this one. What's wrong with you people? I'm surrounded by food heathens. When you (laughs) live far enough south in California, you don't usually get the good stuff like that, and it tastes weird. You had to live much closer than you do now to get real stuff, and I didn't for a long time. All right, you're going to pass this time, but... I don't want to see this happening again. Don't worry, Felicity. You're you're drinking syrup for both of them easily. Speaking of drinking mimosas, this is a brunch after all. Maybe virgin mimosas, because we have to drive. Yeah, yeah, it's um So orange juice? Just wait, orange juice. Wait, I think. wait, it's just orange juice? You guys told me that was what a mimosa was last time. No, mimosas are champagne and orange juice. You didn't tell me anything about the champagne last time. Champagne glasses. You put the orange juice in the champagne glass and it's a mimosa. It's all about the glass. It makes it feel fancy. Yeah. Felicity, I don't want to lie to you about this. It's, (laughs) yeah, no, it's champagne and orange juice. (sighs) It's just lies after lies, isn't it? (laughs) Wait till we get the Bloody Marys. No one actually likes Bloody Marys. Maddie, the player, loves Bloody Marys, so do not come at me with this. Uh, Whitaker, your phone lights up. All right, who is it? It is an email from Prithy saying, found one for you. And it details a series of campers being injured and hikers being scared off the trails. And most recently, a couple of people who have gone missing at Glacier National Park, which is in Montana. It's about eight hours away from where you are now. You're outside Spokane, Washington, which is close to the eastward border of the state. All right, folks, cut the mimosa chatter. We got a mission ahead of us. We're going to Glacier National Park. Anyone been? Glacier? That's where we're headed? Yeah, in Montana. We got um, some missing persons, injured campers, something's in the woods up there. Uh, did any of the park rangers get injured or just visitors? Uh, looks like just campers and hikers. Yeah, the details in the report are very vague. Prithy doesn't have a lot to go on. They're trying to be very subtle with what they take from the agency database and send you guys this way. We'll figure out the details when we get there. Uh, right now, it's just kind of a general outline. 
of something weirds going on that's worth investigating. I can't add one detail, Whitaker, and it's that while there's been no sightings of what's actually causing these injuries and stuff, there are notes that there's been a lot of forest damage, trees being knocked over, or an increase in, I guess, deadfall. Even older trees uh, that are maybe hollowed out on the inside or just getting old and rotting out, but are stable, are suddenly being just like crashed to the ground and seemingly without any windstorms or other weather that would indicate like why this is happening. Whitaker, we have to go. Yeah, that's the plan. This is the vision I had. This is it. Oh. Weren't you being chased by something in the woods? Yep. All right, Felicity, um, you need to make me a promise that you're not going to go out on your own the entire time we're out there, all right? That sounds good. Yeah, that was pretty scary. We will put you on a leash if we have to. That's fair. I understand. Aiden will kick my ass if anything happens to Felicity. You're not wrong. Historically, that has been the case. Mm Mm-hmm. I guess I'll have to uh, give my brother a call. He works out there in Glacier. What? As a park ranger. Oh. Oh, shit. So uh, we might be going to see him. Hopefully he's okay. Oh, goodness. Yeah. We should get going then. Yeah. Yeah. If we could head straight there, I'll I'll try to... I mean, I haven't talked to him in a while. He's a bit older than me, but I'll try and get in touch with him and see what's up. He doesn't know what I do for work right now, so it might be a bit of a surprise that I'm showing up, but... Yeah, this isn't going to cause any complications with the story you told your parents, right? Well, I might have suggested to my parents that they go visit my brother to get them out of Autumn Falls. So hopefully they didn't listen to me and are still at home. I I should call them and find out where they are so we don't accidentally run into them too. Uh, Yeah, if you have a chance. I'll be back and Raven will just get out of the camper. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> While everyone's cleaning up. Oh, no, I'm on cleanup duty. And just leave your stuff on the table. And Damien's just going to flop on top of the table and absorb all the dirty dishes and everything and just carry them over to the plate inside of himself. See, at first I was very pleased because, you know, that's I'm going to be cleaning is something I, I, I do enjoy hearing. But um, now I'm repulsed all over again. <laughs> is it just... The sort of thing where you get over to the sink, pull a plate out of yourself, and then like lick it clean, and then put it in the drying rack. <laughs> like... Oh god, no! <laughs> He's tried that before, but he knows Whitaker doesn't appreciate that. But he <laughs> is able to sort out. Okay, the dishes go in the sink, and he starts washing those, and he just opens up the trash can and sorts out all the trash. As long as they are actually getting washed before they get put away and not just like squeezed out of his body and put back in the cabinet. (laughs) Yeah. There's potential for some very gross cleaning habits and I'm glad we're establishing that they are not happening. (laughs) At least not anymore. Damien understands that the only way cleaning actually counts is if he does it wearing gloves of some sort. Otherwise, Whitaker will come in afterwards and do the dishes. So he has gloved up as his regular form of cleaning. If there's one thing Damien's about, it's not wasting water. We don't need any more water than is absolutely necessary in this trailer. (laughs) I don't want anything accidentally summoned or contacted in any way. You get three minute showers each. (laughs) All right. Yeah, Raven, you step outside to make some phone calls. She'll call her parents' house first, just to see who's home. Okay. Ring, 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 ring. Hello, this is Anthony. Hey, Dad, it's Raven. 
Hey, little bird. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? Doing all right. I was just outside. What's up? I just wanted to check in. I just wanted to let you know that things are going really well. Probably be on the road for kind of a while longer, but things are really good. That's great to hear. Yeah. Um, what have you and mom been up to? Well, your mother got this idea in her head that she wanted to replace the azaleas with a trellis. And so we've been putting a lot of plants in that we didn't have before. She's got this new magazine. She's got all these ideas from it. I mean, I was getting bored watching the games. We never win in Autumn Falls. So it's like, why? You know, those Vernal Spring guys, right? God, yeah, they're the worst. That sounds good. Uh, make sure to have you or mom send me pictures when the flowers are done. Well, it might not be flat. She's gotten on this whole like sustainable vegetable garden thing. She wants to put in like a honeycomb style beds. Oh, and- good. I know she's been wanting to do that for a while. Are you guys going to redo the whole backyard? Yeah, different vegetables and things in each plot. And- yeah, that sounds awesome. You, I feel like this is this is definitely the best time to just dive right into that project. Just really go for it, you know? Yeah, it's a good weekend activity. Yeah, I mean, why stop at the weekend? Let's do the the whole <laughs> do the whole backyard. Mom's always wanted that like sustainable community garden. Well, uh, that is fair. That is fair. I mean, I I Get can't skip wins. Oh, they don't want to. They're at that age, you know. They don't like dirt. They don't want to be outside. They'd rather just like, well, you know, they either want to read or they want to play their games. Yeah, <laughs> that's. That's their life right now. That's fine, you know? It's it's engaging. It's building their imagination. That's important. As far as my weeknights, I mean, I can't skip Wednesday night drum circle. I got to see the guys. Of course. Uh, your mom, she's got her book club she's doing. Yeah. So that's a whole thing. So it sounds like you two are keeping busy. Oh, yeah. I mean, we Eugenias, we stay on it. Mm-hmm. Never stop moving. Never stop moving. Well, I don't want to take up too much of your time. I just wanted to check in so you're not worried about me. Um, I'll probably, you know, call you in a couple days. Sounds good. I'll uh, I'll let your mom know you called. Okay. Talk to you soon. All right. Love you, sweetie. Love you, too. Raven's just going to sit on the ground. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like she was, like, pacing frantically during that whole conversation, trying to seem calm. And as soon as he hangs up, she just sits, takes Mm -hmm. a few deep breaths. Sounds like your family's getting along. Just fine. Yeah. I'm so glad. So glad they didn't take my stupid advice to leave. (laughs) Oh, I thought I was so clever telling him to get out of town. And I was just trying to send him (laughs) to the worst place. Speaking of, do you have another call you want to make now or are you going to wait? Raven's actually going to text him just because they aren't super close and she doesn't know like what his schedule is or how busy he is she doesn't want to just call him randomly yeah so she'll she'll text him should i acknowledge right now that i messed up raven's brother's names and got them mixed up a couple episodes ago if that did happen we can very quickly establish it right now that your siblings are ava and ren the twins yes ren being the boy twin Lark, who is your older brother, and then Robin is your older sister. Mm -hmm. That's the Eugenia clan. I might have, when saying goodbye to my family, switched the two brothers. But yes. Um, So Raven will text Lark 
And I have a feeling their conversation history, like last time she texted him was like a minor holiday that she didn't see him for. It was just like, hey, happy, whatever. Like, hope to see you soon. Like, oh, good, okay. Knowing your family, he probably sent you like a video of a tree that he was like mapping for his job. And Mm -hmm. it was like, happy Arbor Day. (laughs) Yes, yes, exactly. So she'll just send him a quick text of like, hey, hope everything's going well. Like, haven't heard from you in a while. Super weird coincidence, but my internship is taking me near Glacier soon. Will you be around? Can I call you later? And just send that off and not expect a reply for a while. Sounds good. Do you want to flashback, Miss Eugenia? Sure. As you send off that text, you sit there thinking about your brother, your family, being away from them. And a difficult memory of yours comes up, but only because it predicates a kind of nice memory that you have with your brother. We will do the moment that Raven comes out to her folks. And I'll let you set that up. And what is that like? So she would definitely be in college. She's like a freshman in college. And she just came home from a date with a guy that she met at school. She was like excited. He seemed really nice. This is kind of the first date she's ever really been on. She had never been interested in dating her whole life. And she got to college and was like, I should probably try this, right? Like, that's the thing. I'm in college. Let's go for it. Goes on a date with this guy. Has a lovely time. Very, very nice dude. They get to the end of the night and he kisses her. And she just suddenly realizes that she did not like that at all. (laughs) He was so nice. And she was just like, this is what's supposed to happen. Oh, no, 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 no. This is not for me. No, thank you. (laughs) Very much like, it's not you, it's me. You've been wonderful. I have to leave now. Goodbye. (laughs) And she went home. This is during her community college days, right? Yeah. So So she's still living at home. Still commuting to school and living, yeah. Mm -hmm. Because it's it's close by. How many years apart are you and Lark? Ooh. Would he be done um, with school at that point? Or would he be like still in his own educational years? I don't know if I ever picked an age for him, honestly. I just knew he was like, several years older um because there's like a gap between you and lark but then lark and robin are close and you and ava and ren are kind of much closer to each other or actually even they're much they're much younger than raven your parents kind of like spaced it out quite a bit between yeah they had two and then like one and then two again yeah but i think it would make sense if lark was still home at that time he was maybe done with college and like working but still living at home Maybe he did like a like a master's degree or something. So he's like still in school, but like a few years older than her. I'll figure out the math sometime and pick out ages. We don't have it's to worry not, about yeah. it super, it's super, not super much. But yeah, you get home after this date that started fine, went well and ended the worst it possibly maybe could have. <laughs> Your mom is like in the kitchen. We'll say that around this time she was in like a pickling phase. Your mom goes through phases, clearly, with, like, what her project is going to be. And so she's got, like, just big steel um, soup. Uh, I can't find the fucking word in my brain. Pots. Yes, thank you. (laughs) Just big, tall soup pots filled with different brines that she's mixing in jars. And she's measuring out, like, how many lemon slices to put in this bunch of cucumbers. And, oh, this one is a, a carrot pickle that she's working on. And... You come rushing into your house, I guess? (laughs) I think she kind of walks, like, dejectedly into the house and, like, 
puts her purse down and kind of does that thing where she'll sit at the kitchen island and just kind of lay her head on the counter and let out a deep sigh. (laughs) Your mom is there with like a scale and she's measuring out the liquid and without like looking at you, but very like attentively is like, how'd it go? Oh, it didn't go well. (laughs) She like seals one. I thought you liked that guy. What was his name? Barry? I didn't think of a name for him. (laughs) (laughs) This guy is like a specific part of her backstory and I didn't think of a name. This is like a specific instance that I had thought of. of Like, yes, this definitely happened. Never considered coming up with a name for this dude. Sorry, nameless guy. Your name's Barry now. (laughs) (laughs) No, 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 no. Maybe it's a... We'll call him like Darren. So it's like close. Like her mom was almost there. Yeah, Got it. Got it. (laughs) You want to take that again? Yeah, like, head still on the counter, not even looking up. <laughs> I thought you liked him. What was his name? Darren. I mean, he he was really nice. We had a really great time, but I just don't think I like him as much as I thought I did. He's still a really good guy. Like, he's in one of my classes. I hope he'll still hang out with me after this. I, And she'll, like, still just face in the counter, not looking at her mom. <laughs> At this point, your dad comes in from the backyard and he's got a bushel full of beets that he's recently pulled up and uh, sets them down on the counter. That should be the last of it. Oh, hey, welcome home, honey. Kind of just pats you on the back, goes over, gives your mom a kiss on the cheek. And uh, your mom says, Tony, Raven's date did not go well. And of course, your dad is like, oh, honey. Oh, that's rough. That's always rough. I mean, it's what, first year? You're going to meet plenty of guys. It's going to be fine. Raven's going to, like, reach across the counter and just grab a handful of, like, cucumbers or whatever there is on there and just kind of start <laughs> chomping on them so she doesn't have to talk very clearly and just, like, threw the cucumbers in her mouth be like, I don't... I, I don't think it was Darren that was the problem. I think it's just that he was a boy. I don't think I want to date boys. And she's going to look up at her parents, just, like, sad. <laughs> mm-hmm. Your dad is also, like, chomping on a cucumber, but looks completely, like, unfazed. He's just like, you think so? <laughs> and meanwhile, your mom is, like, still, like, measuring carefully on, like, a thing of pickles. And she's just like, uh-huh. Oh, honey. And she, like, sits it down and, like, rushes <laughs> over and, like, gives you a hug. That's okay. That's all right. Yeah, whatever, whatever is good for you. I just feel so dumb that I didn't notice till now. Like, I'm almost an adult. It took me till now? How did I not realize this? Well, I think sometimes it's easy to get certain types of feelings confused when you're not thinking about it in that way. I mean, I know you haven't talked in a while, but you and Bethany, you were just... Like this, honey. And she does the like fingers crossed thing. You don't think that was anything? Oh my God. Do you think that was something? Raven kind of stares off into the middle distance and suddenly lots of things make sense that didn't make sense before because she did (laughs) not notice. Yeah. Your dad comes over. He like (laughs) finishes the the half pickle that he's eating. Like I said, you have plenty of time. You're going to meet a lot of cool people. Some of them will be boys, some of them will be girls. Some of them might not be either. Maybe that's what you're into. That's okay too. 
You just gotta find the person that's right for you. Maybe it's gonna hug her parents. I have a feeling they're very used to uh, group hugs where like they're one parent on each side and they crush her a little bit. Your, your mom is like, all right, come on, spread those wings. Everybody does a big hug. <laughs> Eugenia clan style. From there, we can kind of movie fade a little bit, but you head upstairs after probably a little more teary conversation with your folks. And your brother is up in his room, which is still his room at this point, and he's working on a paper or something. And he sees you heading down the hallway. Hey, Raven. She'll pop her head into his room. Hey. And he sees that you've been like, teary a little bit. You okay? You got some, like, what's up? She'll like wipe her face, kind of embarrassed. She'll be like, oh, it's, it's fine. Uh, I had a date tonight and it, well, it didn't go well, but it's, it's okay. I know what that's like. Yeah? I've been on so many bad dates, Raven. Like what? Uh, <laughs> you don't want to hear about them. You good though? Yeah, I'm okay. Uh, don't be surprised if mom and dad get like a rainbow flag and put it out on the front. You know how they like to get really involved with our lives. <laughs> you know, super supportive. His eyebrows raise. He, he looks shocked and a little pale <laughs> and just looks at you and is like, wait. And like kind of turns around in his chair and is just like looking at you like expecting like an explanation for that. She kind of looks him up and down back like, what? What did you tell them? I don't like boys. Oh. What did you think I told them? Uh, nothing. I, um... Hmm. Wow. She kind of squints at him suspiciously and then, like, creeps into his room a little further. So she's in his room, not just in the doorway. What did you think I told them? You're a lot braver than me, kiddo. And he gives you a hug. And we will fade away from that flashback. <laughs> Why do I feel like you understand Raven's mom better than I ever could? Because I'm the keeper? I, I don't know. <laughs> you just come out with these things where I'm like, yes, she would do that. <laughs> mm -hmm. So perfect. Natalie wow. is good at playing moms. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, if you are one of our adventurers out there listening and you like, I'm your mom now, okay? Brennan Lee Mulligan can be your dad. I'll be your mom. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. All right. You send the text to Lark and you all have to pack up the camping gear, the cookout grilling equipment and set off again on the road. This time leaving your home state headed west for Glacier National Park. Does anyone have anything they want to do on the car ride there? I mean, nothing important. I just imagine Damien is tossing snacks into Felicity's mouth from the cup holder and just tossing <laughs> stuff across the truck. You morphed yourself into a tiny cheese puff ballista. <laughs> I would like to talk to Raven. On the ride or before you leave with like a little more privacy? Probably before we leave. Sure. We can say that as Raven is finishing up with the text and just kind of having a quiet moment, sitting against the trailer in the shade, you poke your head out and come see her. Hey. Oh, hey. I gotta take Ruby for a walk before we go. Did you want to come? Yeah, I'll come. She'll hop up. Okay. Jingle jangle of Ruby's little dog tags. <laughs> you want to go for a walk? You want to go for a walk? <laughs> 
Okay, let's go. And I'll be off. You guys can take a quick little walk around the field you parked in. Yeah, yeah. So Felicity is, as she's walking, Ruby. Hey, remember like the other night? I'm sorry I woke you up. I didn't mean to do that. Oh, that's fine. Don't worry about it. Were you still awake? Or what? Because I kind of wanted to tell you about like this weird dream that I had and see if, if maybe you had any thoughts about it. Um, well, it wasn't a dream. It was more of a vision, I think. If you were awake already, you know, I wouldn't want to retell it. Raven was, we established that she was awake for that, right? <laughs> she like heard the conversation. You heard the conversation about the first dream you had. Yeah. Where Felicity was attacked and then had the arrows flying at her and her hair was different. The one where we and Aiden had, me and Aiden had the fight. Yes, you were not yeah. there or I think privy to the dream about being in a hut and hearing someone humming and sharpening the sword. Yeah. Okay. So Raven will get a little sheepish and be like, so I, I mean, I was trying to, I wasn't trying to eavesdrop or anything, but you know, we're in the same room. So I did, I heard you tell Aiden about it. Oh, thank God. Thank God. All right. Aiden was being weird, right? Yeah. I That did strike me as odd. I am so glad that you heard it too. Because I was like, this seems so not Aiden. It was so weird. Like, And then I got really angry at her because it just felt like something was off. I'm just so glad you get what I mean. Yeah, I heard you guys talking and I thought it was weird, but like I was kind of trying to fall asleep and not listen mm -hmm. in, so I didn't want to bring it up in case it was just me mishearing or misreading, but No, she was totally weird. She was so weird. <sighs> have you have you two talked since then? You seem fine lately. Like you kind of sounded like you had a fight that night, but Yeah, cuz I was mad at her. She was just like because, I mean, you heard it, right? I, I was asking her questions, and she was just dancing around them. Yeah. Instead of just saying, like, that's weird, or I don't know, it was just like... It was like these weird answers, yeah. right? I'm so glad I'm not the only one that thought that. Because I would have felt really bad for being mad at her if I was the only one that thought that. Because, like, I don't get mad at people. You know what I mean? I don't get mad at people. I think that was the most angry I've ever seen you. Yeah. And so I just wanted to, yeah, she was definitely, like, not... Not herself. Yeah. I've never I've never heard Aiden be that dodgy before. She's always very open with us. I know. And then I have, I have the craziest thing to tell you. On top of that, I had another vision. What about? You're not going to believe this. I think I was a baby, but not me as a baby. It was me seeing through somebody else's eyes as a baby. And we were in this hut. And who is there? I don't know. Oh. But they had Ross's sword. Agent Ross? From the East Agency? Yeah, they had her sword. Weird. And it wasn't, it wasn't Ross? No. <laughs> but you're sure it was her sword? You've seen the thing. Yes. How could I mistake that, you know? I don't know. Are we sure that that sword is one of a kind? Have you talked to Ross that much? No, I've been trying. I told Aiden that I wanted to talk to Ross. And I've been trying to figure out a way of, like, getting in touch with her to be like, your sword is showing up in my visions, bro. What's going on? Huh. Have you talked to Whitaker? Maybe he could put you in touch with Agent Ross. You know, that is definitely something I should have thought about. But I didn't. 
hey, this is this is why you talk things out and bounce ideas off of people. I needed a solid quality girl talk. That's what I needed in my life right now. And not one where the other person was going to dodge all my questions and lie to me. Well, I don't know if Aiden was lying to you. She was definitely acting really weird. <laughs> That's a player reaction. Player that reaction. is a player reaction for sure. <laughs> Oops. I completely forgot. <laughs> I watched both of you on Zoom react. I was like, wait, what did I say? Oh, no. <laughs> God damn it. I said no lies, Brittany, no lies. I will ask you, no, listen, this is Natalie Mm -hmm. asking Brittany, does Raven intend to keep from Felicity the fact that she knows Aiden was lying? No, that was unintentional. Okay. My intention was to smooth things over, but Raven would not have said she wasn't lying to you if she knew for sure. Raven does not want to lie to Felicity. She just wants to try and... Smooth yes. things out between them. <laughs> I'm glad you both reacted, though, because I would not want That's that. That's an to- important yes. distinction. <laughs> oh, boy. I'm just going to rewind that. <laughs> Raven yeah. did not say that. Well, <sighs> Aiden was acting really weird. But so far, she has always done everything with our best interests in mind. I don't think she would lie to any of us just to start things or to... You know, Aiden wouldn't do that. If she is lying to you, there's got to be a reason. Isn't she supposed to be like an angel, though? Like, aren't they not supposed to be able to lie? I mean... What's up with that? I don't think Aiden follows the rules of what people think angels are supposed to be like. I mean, you better. She's she's like a person. She's not this mythical, all-seeing, holy being. She's a lot like us. I guess. And she has her own life and her own experiences and her own motives for stuff. I mean, I would keep an eye out and see if stuff like that comes up again. And, you know, if it continues, we should have a talk with everybody about it and try and figure out what's going on. But I don't know. I don't think she has any ill intentions. It just everything seems weird. The whole fight happened and then she bought me a dog. (laughs) So... I am really glad that we have Ruby. I know. I was a little unsure at first, but she's really grown on me. Ruby is scampering around in the field chasing a moth or something. She's come out of her shell, that's for sure. I know. I'm so proud of her. You really connected with her. I know you were nervous about having a nervous dog, but I think she's she's doing pretty good. I was worried about bringing a socially awkward dog into a trailer of several people some of whom are not humans but she seems to be fitting in just fine yep we'll keep an eye on the aiden situation and as long as you two are okay now i would just try and keep it keep it cool yeah yeah good talk we should find whitaker soon and ask about talking to ross because if i know one thing you want to talk to ross again Raven's just not going to respond. She's going to blush deeply and just kind of like, oh, we're back at the trailer. (laughs) (laughs) We'll do this again sometime. This was really fun. Yeah, girl talk time. And then just disappear into the trailer. (laughs) Vanishes into the trailer. You grab your things for riding in the truck. Anybody else? Aiden, your pants are fire. I like those patches that you've put in them so much. Uh, Thanks. I've had these since we've known each other. What is this? 
Oh, I was just doing a bit based on the fire. I didn't have an actual. He <laughs> <laughs> was just talking about how Aiden was lying. I was just like, hey, Aiden, your pants are fire. <laughs> All right. Worthy joke. <laughs> well done. I thought it was funny. All right. After several hours in the car, <laughs> which puts us at, you guys got up to train, then you had brunch, then you went for a walk, plus eight hours. It's at least sunset, if not dark already, when you guys are approaching Glacier National Park. Which I found out has three visitor centers. It's not incredibly important which one you go to, but this is a big place, it turns out. Cool. Are we healing up on our own, or are we going to need some some Damien spit magic to heal people? I think anyone who is quote-unquote injured from sparring is fine. Okay, cool. There's no reason to not count an eight-hour car ride where you're sitting doing nothing as a rest. <laughs> we're all agreed that we're not doing anything tonight, right, everyone? I don't want any of you wandering around in the dark in the forest tonight. Oh, God, no. No, I figured we were just finding a place to park and getting settled. We'll start fresh in the morning. Did you hear from your brother at all, Raven? As Raven. <laughs> uh, it's been the whole day. No text back. Call him, Raven. Yeah, I, I sent him a text this morning. I just didn't want to call out of the blue, but since I haven't heard from him and we're like already here, I might as well give him a quick ring just to see if he's around. I'd hate to have us park at one visitor center and find out he's set up like far away. So Yeah, there are, well, there's Logan Pass Visitor Center, which is sort of the central one. And then there are two visitor centers on the east and west side of the park. So it depends where you'd like to position yourselves within this place. Oh, geez. Okay. We'd probably be coming from the west, right? Yeah. The very first one you could get to distance-wise would be Apgar Visitor Center. I can see that on the map. I have Glacier <laughs> National Park pulled up in my maps. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, bad news, guys. It's closed right now. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know if any, like, visitor center in particular is near a place to park the trailer? There's lodgings. There's cabins to stay at. I, there must be a trailer park area. There has to be. And if yeah. not, there is one in this world. There we go. Guys, there's a Glacier Outfitters. Ooh, shopping. Are, are we going to go to the first visitor center? Yeah, I think that makes the most sense. Outside this visitor center, there are a lot of wooden carvings from like big, thick logs. There's one of a bear standing on its hind legs. There's one of an eagle on a branch carved with two pieces of wood that have interlocked so that it looks like the eagle is sitting on the branch, even though it was carved from a trunk of an interlocked tree. And then a bunch of smaller ones. There's a family of otters that's carved on top of a stump near a little water feature built into the visitor center landscaping. The lights are on inside. It looks warm and inviting. Is there a plan of attack? Who's going in first? Anyone staying at the trailer? Whitaker, you're the shot caller on this one. I can suit up or loop up as you need me. Yeah, usually how do we do this is we would establish ourselves as a um, authority figure in the area just so we can as soon as possible get access to information and things like that that you know wouldn't be available to the general public. I'm not sure if we want you out there right away, Damien, just because you're supposed to be in hiding. Any of the rest of you could join me if you want. I want... Miss Starnbrook. 
look official. That's an important distinction. Only Raven and Felicity went and bothered to get official Eastie suits. So Hugo and Aiden, the two of them will have to either come in and pretend to not be with your group initially or just stay back and, and wait for you guys to handle the initial introductions. Staying at the camper. Yeah, Aiden says, I'm going to give Ruby some water and let her stretch her legs. All right. Miss Eugenia, are you coming as well, or are you hanging back? Yeah, I'll go with you guys. We'll just pop in, see if uh, Lark is there, and if not, I'll call him. Sounds good. I'm sure one of them can tell me if he's working right now. Okay, you guys head inside. There is a woman with straight dark hair and a bandana tied around her head at the front desk. She's got a little name tag that says Darla. She appears to be... An official employee in some regard, though she doesn't have anything that would indicate she's a ranger. But she is just reading a a book on, like, identifying birds. (laughs) And uh, parks up when you come in. Oh, hello! Welcome to uh, Glacier National Park. You folks just getting in? Evening, miss. Um, Yeah, we just just drove in a few minutes ago. How can I help you? Are you looking for somewhere to camp or someone to get you set up with a, a site? We do have a camper, and if you could direct us to a place to um, park it, that would be excellent. On a more business level, we're actually here to investigate some of the campers that have gone missing around here. We're supposed to be working with some of the rangers, just to look into that. Her face gets a pallor over it, and she nods very seriously and says, Oh, I I see. Not a a pleasure group. Right. Well, uh, let me call my husband. And she picks up the phone from the desk, types in a a quick shortcut, hits the pound sign, and waits for it. Yeah, Morton? Got some uh, official people here about the disturbances and our our missing folks? Yeah, at uh, Agpar. Mm Mm-hmm. I'll I'll tell him to wait. She, like, puts the phone to her chest. What group are you with? We're with the Forest Protection Division of the Eastie Agency. Hold up the, the little badge. Quick badge flash. Uh, they're with the Eastie Agency. I don't know. You handle all the official stuff. Well, you just get down here, okay? All right. Hangs up. That's my husband, Morton. He'll be, uh, he'll be down in a minute. Can I get you something to drink? We got snack machines down the hall. There's a fountain. I'm all right, thanks. Do you have soda? We got, uh, Coke and Coke products. I'll have a Coke, please. Right down there. She directs you down like a hallway where it says like restrooms and snack vending machines. This episode is sponsored by (laughs) (laughs) Coca-Cola. Does that mean we have to come up with some stupid soda brand name to sub in instead? No. Cola pop. (laughs) Actually, yeah, she would call it pop because you're in Montana. So (laughs) that's true. She would just tell you there's all flavors of pop. Yep. Uh, Hugo, you're out by the trailer. You see a... It's not a golf cart, but it's not a full car either. It's sort of just like a Ranger four-wheeler vehicle. It's like a two-seater, though. Pulls up, and a very square-looking individual hops off it. He's got a bushy push-broom mustache that is brown, a little gray in it, and uh, sort of a rough five o'clock shadow, short-cut hair, and Ranger's hat on. And he eyes you in the trailer as he walks by and makes his way into the visitor center. While we were waiting for him, is there any way I could find the specific names of people who have gone missing? I don't think Darla would be eager to share any of the details because she's, again, not a ranger. 
Um, but if you wanted to manipulate her to get information out of it her. It was more like I wanted to see if that was a part of the case file or if that's something I could like look up in the area specifically. So when they say who sent you, I can name drop some things. Ah, uh, yes. Again, the case file Prithi gave you was vague and didn't have a lot of details. And if you do like a Google search of the local news, there has not been a report of missing people. Is there any way in this short time frame, and I understand if the answer is no, I could see if there are any police reports about it? Because I know we've had access to police reports before, but I don't know if that's something we can do in a short time frame. That would be a thing you would probably be able to access with a little bit of EC agency fiddling. So if you want to roll a weird check, since that is the thing that makes Whitaker weird to see if you're able to dig that up, you can. Sure, give me just one second. I forgot what my weird modifier was. Four <laughs> and a six plus zero, it's a 10. A 10 for your weird agency stuff. Yeah, you can dig up a local police report and here, Again, there's not a lot of details, but it does say in the report one ranger from the Glacier National Park staff and a civilian have gone missing. That doesn't bode well. No, it doesn't. <laughs> Sorry, Raven. Can Raven walk around the visitor center while before he gets there just while they're waiting? Yeah, sure. I specifically want to see if there's any kind of like bulletin board type thing with like... I don't know if there's any, like, things about, like, don't be in the woods at night or, you know, any kind of new safety warnings. Gotcha. Yeah, that would be an investigative mystery roll, I would think. I rolled a two. Plus a my two. sharp makes a five. <laughs> I don't see shit. You don't see a bulletin board. It doesn't look like there's a lot of new warnings or anything. This seems like a pretty standard... Welcome to the park. Leave nothing behind, only footprints. Take these uh, safety precautions to avoid animals when you're camping. And, you know, dispose of your trash effectively. These are the plants and wildlife you can see while you're here. And this is a map of our hiking trails. And here's the visitor gift shop where you can buy plush moose and coloring books of the different types of flowers. That kind of thing. Can she, if they're brochure type things of the hiking trails, can she grab one? Sure. Cool. Write that down if you want to like have a little tally of what your notes are and that kind of thing. So prepared. Yeah. Whitaker, do you want to share what you've been looking up or is it we want to say it's like that's all you get done is you find the police report? Yeah. He, if there are no names on it, he's going to keep it to himself for now. OK. So, yeah, uh, Morton shows up and he says, right, Darla, where are these uh, agents I'm supposed to be talking to? He sees two young ladies in suits and then Whitaker. <laughs> <laughs> These two wave. Whitaker like looks at them. He's like, um, yeah, pleased to meet you. I'm Agent Whitaker and you are. Holds out his hand to shake, very friendly like. He will extend a hand. Morton Mulhauser, park ranger here at uh, Glacier Park. Good to have you in. I'm glad somebody's responded to my uh, report. Sheriff's office said they couldn't do much since it was, quote-unquote, an internal affair to have one of our own go missing. Right, yeah, that usually turns out to be the, the general response, huh? Well, that's what we're here for, and we're happy to, um, to help look around and hopefully we can aid you in figuring out what exactly's happened here. Do you and your team have experience with, uh, wild creatures? Certainly. 
Well, that may come in handy. Some sort of critter running around these woods causing a heap of trouble for folks. Making it dangerous, causing obstructions in the pathways and the hiking trails. I had a guy go out looking for it a couple days ago, having her back from him. Starting to get a little worried. Usually we check in by now. Who was that? What's that? Who was that? You said one of your own went missing? One of the rangers here? Yeah, yeah, Ranger Eugenia. He's uh, been working here a few years, but he's uh, eager, I'd say, and... Uh, Surely younger and spryer than me, so he decided he was going to take it upon himself to look into the issue, try and get it sorted. But it's supposed to check in at least at one of the outposts. Maybe his radio or his walkie's dead, but normally he's real responsible, kind of upstanding guy. We'll take that into account. Sorry, I didn't get your names. And he goes to, like, shake you in Felicity's hands. I'm Felicity Starnbrook. It's nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, Miss Starnbrook. And there you are. Raven will shake his hand and just say... Very quietly. Raven Eugenia. Agent Raven Eugenia. Darla behind the counter. You just hear, oh, my stars. You see Morton, his mustache kind of twitches a little and he brow furrows. Well, I've done gone and put my foot in it. I'm sorry. Uh, listen, I've been looking to find your uh, brother. Yes. Yeah, I can see the family resemblance now. <clears throat> well, uh... You are the professionals. You know, if there's anything to be done, you guys will sniff it out. I'm at your disposal. You need me or any questions answered. I'm I'm available 24-7 till we, uh, till we bring our boy home. Uh, Raven gave him like a firm, confident handshake and is just trying as hard as possible to like be very stoic and serious. I think he, at that point, once he says like, I'm, I'm ready here 24-7 and you're just kind of like being very professional, he says... I think we can stop the handshake now, Miss Eugenia. <laughs> I didn't mean like a constant Just been going handshake. The whole time. <laughs> I meant the initial single handshake was like a sturdy one, and then they stopped. Oh, uh, see, I love the idea of just like a, and then not let go. <laughs> she does try to give him a nod of kind of just like you know, like a very serious, like it's okay, mm -hmm. like you can, you can stop. It's fine. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he, he says, uh, well, it is late. Uh, can I help get you folks set up for the evening and then we will tackle this first thing in the morning? As soon as possible, if you could get me a map of some sort with labels on where disappearances or disturbances or any reports of this critter activity uh, is taking place, that would be extremely helpful for us. Absolutely. Listen, uh, why don't you come to my office? We'll take a look at uh, the reports we've had. I'll, I'll show you photos of the spots we've got documented and uh, get you all set up with the much details we can. Excellent. Thank you. So Morton gives a nod to his wife. She comes over to you, Raven. You see, she's actually gone to the like vending machine. It has like a couple candy bars and like a <laughs> thing of like tea or whatever. I hands that to you and she says, I know I wouldn't be sleeping much, but, well, it's, it's decaf. <laughs> it's like a little thing. And you leave with Morton and go to his office. Morton has a bunch of, like, mounted fish trophies. He's like a fishing guy, it seems. And so you come in. It's like a big... God, you'd think I'd know more about fish because my cousin and uncle are super into it. But it's, you know, it's preserved, like, model trophies of things that he's caught. Uh, and, like, a case of fancy lures and pictures of him on the on the water and boating with friends. He takes out a little whiteboard that has some sticky notes and some pictures stuck up on it. 
And he starts showing you scenes where there are lots of trees snapped off halfway up the trunk of them. There are a huge amount of branches, almost like you would expect from a hurricane or a tornado, just strewn about campsites. There are pictures of people's tents that have been crushed and knocked over, and thankfully nobody was killed, but there are reports that he shows you of people having their arm or their leg broken when this, like, a tree came down unexpectedly. He tells you that generally all of the disturbances happened around sunset or later in the evening, and that only recently did a couple of these trees suddenly falling happen in daylight hours, like middle of the day, middle of the afternoon. He explains that there has not been any significant storm activity or anything that could justify why these trees are getting knocked down. He, he and Lark have done stakeouts to be like, are there kids running around knocking the trees down or damaging them in some way that then causes them to fall down later? That doesn't seem to be the case. And he also lets you know there are a couple first-hand accounts he's gotten from some of the hikers and, and people that have like rushed from the campsite or rushed from the trail they were on after hearing a sound in the woods that they felt like something was after them, but they couldn't describe it. And they never got a good look at what it was that chased them from the, the park or the trail. Whitaker's looking at Felicity. Does this sound familiar to her at all? Yes. Yeah. That's a bunch of the like very basic case information that he can share with you. Well, this is all very helpful. That's a good start as any. Suppose we'll start doing some stakeouts of our own. How many rangers do you have working here right now? This center and this section of the camp, I've got uh, four other members on my team. And they're taking precautions, not going out alone or anything like that? Absolutely partner up, buddy system, that kind of thing. And Lark didn't run off by himself or nothing like that. He's, uh, he's got his friend Jay with him. And and I imagine Jay didn't have any information on what might have happened to him? No, they're both missing. Oh, shit. All right, that, sorry, that might have been me forgetting. <laughs> That's the civilian who is missing along with the one ranger. Oh, okay. I see. I, I understand. Oh! <laughs> oh, so they're not co-workers. <laughs> they're roommates. Oh my god, they were roommates. And they were roommates. All Morton said was friend. <laughs> you can keep questioning Morton if you want about who Jay is, but Listen. <laughs> depends how like important that detail is to your official investigation. <laughs> Not to Whitaker's, maybe to Ravens. Okay. Yeah. At this point, if he just said that like Lark wasn't by himself, Raven would be like, "So Jay's not a he's not another park ranger here." No, he's one of those kind of outdoorsy types. He's not officially hired, but Lark brings him around. He's got a good sense of the woods, that sort of thing. He's some sort of tracker, I guess, professionally. But, uh, yeah, they've been getting along pretty well, you might say. And, uh, you know, came to the company picnic together, that sort of thing. Thing. Uh, and you see Morton's getting kind of awkward. He's like an, a guy of that age who like doesn't like saying things like that out loud. But <laughs> Raven will try to politely cut him off. <laughs> yeah, but so they... Is, is he, you know... Yeah. <laughs> is, yeah, is he... Is he hand gesture? <laughs> <laughs> We're not going there with this poor man. We get the point. When did they set out? Uh, this will be the end of the third day. And they were supposed to check in? At some point? 
Well, there's all sorts of ranger stations throughout the park where you can call into the main office just to give people a heads up and a check in of where you're at, how things are going out there. We do it when we're surveying, that sort of thing. And uh, like I said, Lark's not the type to just blow that off. So, you know, I... Well, Darla started getting worried first, then she got into my head. Now I'm kind of starting to get worried about him. So we filed the report. It was pretty quick, honestly. It was just this morning. We're in the area. Thanks, Prithy. <laughs> Do we have any other questions or should we pour over the, the information we have and get started in the morning? Yeah, I think that's good. Just one more from, from me, actually. Uh, the first-hand accounts that you got, were there any howls, growling, animal noises associated with any of the first-hand accounts, or was it just trees breaking? Nothing specific. And again, these are a lot of tourists who are making these reports. They're not really trained to pick up and be able to distinguish that sort of thing. They did say they heard a lot of scrambling through the trees and some kind of growling of some sort. That's why we think it's an animal, not just some, I don't know... It wouldn't be eco-terrorists, but whatever the opposite of those folks would be, I suppose. I'm honestly just upset because they're taking down whoever, whatever this is, is ruining some very nice trees. I'm sorry, Bloody two people shames, went ladies. missing and he's worried about the trees? You know where this guy's <laughs> priorities lie. <laughs> Lark must fit in so well here. Two people went missing. One of them is one of the person present's brother, and he's worried about the trees. <laughs> he already expressed his concern about them, and now that we're he past that, concern. he can talk about the trees. To be fair, when you're dealing with the Lorax, and there are knees to be broken, I'm just saying. All right. He speaks for the trees. I'm going to take a good long look at this man. There's no chance that he's like another of Gary's relatives, right? At Morton? Yeah, just just checking, just making sure. You did say he has a mustache. They seem drawn to this occupation. Yeah, that would be, I guess, I guess it's investigative mystery. It's kind of just yeah. like a sharp roll. General sharp, we can, yeah, yeah. That's a five. <laughs> I mean, Morton seems like he loves the forest, loves fishing, and I don't know. I'll just fucking ask. <laughs> Will you? <laughs> Will you? What What do you ask, Felicity? I'm gonna say, hey, we went camping one time in this place in Canada, and we met this guy named Gary. He was super cool, and you remind me a lot of him. Are you related? Miss Stonbrook, that is not case-related. <laughs> <laughs> Morton scrunches his nose up. He says, I'm not aware of any relative of mine named Gary, but uh, what was he like? He was big, like you. He really loved the forest. Um, I don't know. There was just a lot of similarities. I was just curious. He loves his wife, like I hope you do. Loves his wife. Yep. Sounds like an all-around good kind of guy. I'm sure he's a friendly dude, but no, I've never... I don't have any relatives named Gary. One last question for you, Mr. Morehauser, before we head off. Not case-related, just because... um. Not from America, not really familiar with the local legends. Any cryptid sightings around here? You mean like like a Bigfoot type? You think that's what's knocking on the trees? Oh no, this isn't this is not related to the case at all. This is purely my own fascination with the American obsession with Bigfoot. 
People sometimes, if there's local legends, will, if they're in an adrenaline-filled situation, their brains will automatically think that they're seeing something that's not. We've come across a lot of bears that they said were Bigfoot. It's good to know what the local legends are so we know what people are imagining. Or especially if there's trees getting knocked down. People make things up like that all the time. Like in their head, they think it's a big scary creature when really it's just like a moose who got a little angry. You know? I hope to God we don't have an angry moose on our hands. That would be terrible. But listen, Glacier Park is not known to be home to any of these sort of legendary beasts. Although I suppose maybe we'll get known for that now. We've got all these unexplained accidents and dangerous tree fall going on. I heard of a thing called uh, drop bears. They got that where you're from, Mr. Whitaker? Uh, not where I'm from specifically, no. Not Australian. Though sometimes I know my accent does kind of shift there, it's, but that's more Emery's fault than mine, you know. <laughs> this is completely Morton being so American and not having a clue. <laughs> Nothing to do with your accent. See, here's the good news for you, Morton. Number one, we're here and we're going to find these missing people. I pinky promise. Number two, you got some crazy stuff happening in your woods and maybe... Just maybe, out of this, a cryptid legend will be born, and then you'll have so many tourists coming here to come and see the cryptid. Uh, why don't you roll a manipulate person check, Felicity? Felicity, two people are missing. <laughs> yeah, we're going to find them. I covered that in number one. You pinky sweared it. Oh, yeah, no, you did, you did, you I did. I pinky sweared it. Very professionally. Very professionally pinky sweared. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like to picture whenever Felicity starts talking like that, when we're supposed to be professional, Raven and Whitaker just like trying not to be like, oh my God. I got a 10. Oh, nice. All right. Morton does seem a little put off initially by your like, I pinky promise we're going to find those missing persons for you. We're <laughs> definitely professional agents. Happy go lucky attitude. But your earnestness does win him over in the end. You just. Flash him a big old Starnbrook smile, and that's hard to not see the sincerity in. And so he just kind of gruffly nods and says, Well, I just want to see Lark back safe and sound, and make sure we get him and uh, Jay out of whatever scrape they got themselves into out there. Yeah, me too. Of course. All right, guys, should we be leaving? Thank you very much for your help, Mr. Mohauser. We'll be out of your hair. All righty. Rest up. We'll hit those trails bright and early. As soon as you leave, Felicity is going to be like, yeah, I don't know why I thought this guy was related to Gary. Gary, like, invited <laughs> us to his house for dinner. We hung out with him and his wife. We met his kid. And this guy is just like, yeah, let's go hiking in the morning. See you guys later. He's so much less friendly. <laughs> I wish I got to meet Gary's kid. That would have been nice. Where he's just going to, like, place his hand on uh, Raven's shoulder and just, like, squeeze and be like, all right yeah i'm i'm okay raven i'm hey i'm a little nervous he's <sighs> lark's missing but if his boss isn't super worried about him like he's he's a responsible guy he's smart he's got his partner with him i don't know we're gonna do our best to find him obviously i'm worried but there's nothing we can do right now so thank you though just remember my offer if you need it there's no way in hell I'm going home before I find my brother. Of course. And we will find him. 
That's a promise. I know. We should probably let everyone know. Hello, adventurers. Thanks for listening to our latest episode of The Storyteller Squad. This episode is actually sponsored by one of you. Remember the compliment corner? It's been repurposed by a very generous listener who asked us if we could talk about our favorite drinks and snacks. We said, we'll do you one better. What if our characters talked about that stuff? So, coming out fairly soon is a small bonus scene that we recorded where our heroes take a break from their road trip to treat themselves. It was a lot of fun to record and a really cute idea this listener had for sponsoring the show. If you'd like to give us a boost of support, there's lots of ways you can help. If you write us some positive reviews on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Podchaser, those platforms will know that our listeners like us and will get recommended more often to new listeners. The reviews we have so far are all really lovely, and it makes us happy to hear what your favorite parts of the show have been. If you want to interact with the cast and I more directly, you can subscribe to our Patreon, which will let you join our fan community Discord. There you can join us for AMAs, art streams, and meet other fans. We make this show so we can share it with you, but we also couldn't have made it this far without your support. So thanks for listening, helping us grow, and sharing our story with others. Links are listed in the episode description. Any and every way you show your support is really appreciated. Let's get back to the adventure. When Hugo sees the little go-kart that Morton was driving in on, and then he turns back to the cup holder where Damien was, and there's just a few chain links of chain mail that aren't well linked together. They're just mangled and twisted horribly. So there's like three links, and Damien is gone. Just gone, huh? I mean, he's turning into a, a crow or like a hawk and flying around looking to see if there's anything interesting. But yeah, he's he's left the trailer. OK, I don't know if crows or hawks have great nighttime vision and it is getting dark out. Oh, maybe uh, a bat. OK, yeah. If you want to echolocate your way around the campsite a little bit. Sure. Investigate a mystery. <laughs> uh, ten. OK, that's uh, two holds. What is being concealed here? As you fly around the visitor center and the surrounding area, you do see that some of the trails have a sign and a chain in front of them saying off limits, debris being cleared, this trail marked as unsafe. So there are certain parts and areas of the park that have been cordoned off to keep civilians and tourists from going over in that area of the woods and the forest. As far as concealed, like it's just a park visitor center and campground. So there's not a whole lot that you're going to be able to see if you stay within a few moments flight of the trailer and the group. I feel like you probably don't want to take off into the actual woods and like go looking for monsters on your own. Not yet. Okay. What's your other question? Where did it go? If I'm allowed to ask that. I'll say, Damien, as you're flying around as a bat, you eventually come and rest on an eave of one of the cabins. And you see a family is packing up their things to leave, even though it is kind of late in the night. And you overhear the parents sort of telling their kids, Trip's canceled. We're going back home. Y'all can play as much video games as you want. We're going to 
sit in the pool for a week. And the parents are like hushed whispers amongst the two of them being like, I know they have signs up saying that the bears stay away, but I swear I heard something in those woods. Listen, it was a small deposit. Let's just eat it. Let's get out of here. I agree. I mean, the kids are not going to be, they're not old enough. We should have known they weren't going to be good with the food, keeping it under wraps, that kind of thing. We'll just, we'll just leave. So you're able to pick up from this conversation that this family heard something out in the woods and it spooked them enough to want to leave and go somewhere else for their vacation. So where did it go? It's out in the woods. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Hugo, I just wanted to check in with you. Any investigating you want to do as you're waiting for people to get done talking to Morton? Uh, probably not really. At the moment, he's currently going through his phone on the park's website and looking at their list of 71 species of mammals. Uh-huh. Hoping for a, a real-world explanation. <laughs> Crossing his fingers, but knowing unlikely. Okay. He's also very concerned about the fact that the scientific name for a wolverine is a gullo-gullo. Aiden comes back with Ruby after letting her stretch. And what do you think this time? Missing people? If we're unfortunate and it's not something simple, either something got to them or they went somewhere that they should not have gone. Yeah. She kind of looks up at the sky as the sun continues to set and you're starting to see stars and the moon shining very brightly because there's less light pollution out here. It only takes one bad turn in the woods to end up with the folk, so. Yeah, I hope it's not the folk. Got enough of just the one. What do you think about that, by the way? About what? Mira. <sighs> no, don't hate me for this. Please don't hate me for this. Hugo, I don't think I could ever hate you. Felicity is essentially wearing ruby quartz glasses while walking through a minesweeper field that has all the red flags up, but can't see what color they actually are. Yeah, I was kind of afraid you'd say something like that. I'm glad I got the reference. Ah, good. You're getting there. Though I guess at the same time, maybe we're not really being fair to Mira. What do you mean? Yeah, I'll be the first to say that I have a solid bias against the folk, and I know that. I can't just... I don't know her well enough to simply say, because she's part of the folk, that she is a danger. I don't know that Felicity even understands what's going on there, which I can't tell if that makes her safer or more in danger. At a certain level, I think Mira might be the one in danger. <sighs> I hadn't considered it like that. Oh, jeez. Hmm. <laughs> she just kind of like sits down and hugs Ruby and like gives her some ear scratches. You good? Yep. Yeah, just really glad we got this very good girl. <laughs> Petting the dog. Okay. If Mira becomes a problem, you'll help me deal with it, right? If Mira becomes a problem, then I have already failed people. Okay. Hmm. And at that point, we will say the agents return from their discussion. You gonna be talking about my girlfriend like that? What the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> Did you guys know that this place has gullo gullos? <laughs> what is that? Wolverines. Oh. Oh. Fascinating. Yeah. Hey, Whitaker. Come here. Uh, hold on one second. We'll, um, we'll tell you what happened later, I guess. Okay, Felicity. <laughs> I'm sorry. This is really important. Raven, come here. Okay. What's up? We have to take Groovy for a walk. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, I don't like that the dog I gave you for emotional support has become your, I need to talk behind people's back. <laughs> Whitaker gives Aiden a look like, I have no idea what the fuck she's talking about, but we'll see. Raven does the exact same thing of like, I don't know, kind of shrugs like, we'll be back. Aiden just gives one of you the leash. <laughs> yeah, Raven looks at Whitaker like, I have no idea what this means. So you guys walk back towards the office. <laughs> Solicity needs a moment with the both of you. We'll be back in a second. Hang on. Um, and as soon as we get outside, I'll be like, all right, Whitaker, listen. I'm listening. The other night I had this vision. I was talking to Raven and we both agreed. Aiden was just being so weird, like really dodgy and like not answering my questions about this vision. It was about a life that I haven't lived yet in the past. I think. Mm. Hmm. All right. I'm not really sure yet. I haven't gotten any answers or anything yet from anybody, but I know you're really honest about everything. So <laughs> basically what I need, do you have Ross's number? Um, that is a lot to take in. What I can say is Ross is notoriously difficult to get a hold of. It's it's always been a sort of she calls you situation. But do you have her number? That's all I need to know. We are not on a number sharing level in our relationship. But you've said that she's called you. <laughs> that was sort of metaphorical. She's emailed me cryptic things before. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, and right now she is, in fact, not missing, but she's kind of off the Eastie radar right now. So she is- What about- what about, what's the cowboy man? Spiegel? Mac? Um, I mean, he's with her. Theoretically, he's- Do you have his number? Do I have Mac's number? I don't think I do. You don't have either of their numbers. As much as I'd like to get Mac's number, no, I don't have it. Um, yeah. Raven? Is he lying? Is he? About wanting to get Mac's number? Or about having <laughs> Mac's number? About anything. <laughs> About having his number. Would she be able to tell if Whitaker does have a way to contact Ross or Spiegel? I mean... She doesn't necessarily have to out you to Felicity, but she wants to know. Yeah, no, Whitaker doesn't have a way to get in touch with them. They've always been the one to either contact him or just they see each other when they see each other. Mm -hmm. We kind of established when they first showed up that Ross and Spiegel were Whitaker's, like, friends, but... We all know kind of where Whitaker was with friends at the agency in the first place, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. you know, aside from like Prithy, maybe sort of keep everybody at arm's reach. And so, yeah, you probably would have their company email and that would be it in terms of ways to get directly in contact with them. But again, it's their company email. And how much are you going to say through that channel, especially given your current tentative situation with the agency yourselves? So... Yeah. It's just the standardized first initial last name at EC Agency. H.Ross at ecagency.gov. <laughs> <laughs> Most people don't even check them. I'm not sure if this is actually knowledge that I have, but did I have a vision that he was with Ross and Spiegel? Like, did I see them in it? I believe the vision you saw was Whitaker falling through the portal into the open ocean and a boat coming towards him. I think I did try to locate him, though, like while he was away, and I saw the vision of the cave. That's true. 
Hmm. Because if I knew, if I know that he was with them recently. Yeah, that would matter. Yeah. That'll call a lot of things into question, actually. I feel like I remember I saw a vision of Whitaker in the cave with Ross and Spiegel and Ross was putting her sword into like some crack thing and- Didn't Felicity have a vision of Ross attacking Whitaker? I definitely think I saw Ross and Spiegel there. I'm like almost positive that I know he was with them recently. Okay. We'll just go with it. We'll go with it. Knowing me, it is reasonable to assume that you did have a vision of Whitaker doing something with Ross in that cave. Yeah. So, Whitaker, I know you were with them recently. Do you know maybe where they are? Because I feel like this is important. In that cave that you were in, that was in a vision I had before. You saw the cave. Oh, yeah. I didn't realize it until kind of recently, but that was a vision that I've, I've had before. Felicity, I don't know where Spiegel and Ross are right now. I don't know how to get in touch with them for you, and I I don't think I have the answers you need as much as I wish I did. Raven's gonna interrupt. Whitaker's really struggling for words. Raven's just gonna cut in and be like, can I go back to the trailer and let everyone else know that my brother is missing? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you can do that. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's okay. There's There's been a lot of stuff happening. I'm gonna, you know, you can finish supper. You can come back with me, but I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna go. And Raven's gonna head back to the trailer. God. Yup. You. That's what should happen. <laughs> <laughs> so, Felicity Whitaker, you are left as Raven goes to... Let your friends know that she has a family member in trouble. And she didn't want to be used as a human lie detector anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know something? I don't... I don't like lying to you, Felicity, because I know you've always been very honest with me. Yes, there are some things I haven't told you, but I don't think... Any information I have at the moment is pretty incomplete and I don't think it would help you. Does it have to do with Ross and Aiden? Yeah. Yeah, it does. Felicity, I'm... Uh, I. Is it too big? It's... Well, for you, I don't think anything's too big anymore. Yeah. <laughs> do you think... Do you think it's worth being so worried about it? Because I've been really worried about it. Um... I, I don't think you need to worry. Keep talking with Aiden. She's the one who should be telling you this kind of stuff, not me. Okay. I'm sorry, Felicity. I, I really wish I had a better answer for you. I really do. It's fine. I mean, it's just a walk with the dog, right? It's not anything too important. I'm gonna maybe walk her around a little bit more. I'll meet you guys inside. I don't want you walking out here by yourself. I'm not- it's not the woods. I'll just go around the campsite. I'm not gonna go anywhere. Are you- I promise. Alright, is your, is your phone turned on? I have my phone, I have Ruby, I'm just gonna walk around the campsite, just for a little bit. I just need a little bit of time. Was it nighttime in your vision when you were running around? No, it wasn't. Fine, okay. If you're not back in 15 minutes, we're going after you. And I'll pull out my phone and start a timer. 15 minutes. That's all I need.
Felicity, you go for a walk. Whitaker, you heavy-hearted head back to the trailer. Uh, Raven, you get there first, though. How do you break the news to your three compatriots? Well, first of all, Raven walked very, very slowly. So she doesn't get there much sooner than Whitaker. I think she purposely was hoping they'd finish up and he'd catch up. Do we need another private conversation between Raven and Whitaker? No, (laughs) not to talk. Just like hoping that everyone would catch up and they could all go back to the camper together. But since Felicity is on our walk, she'll catch up later. So yeah, she'll just go back in the camper and sit down. She was taking some notes in her little notebook, all like the information they had. Is everyone just in the camper? I've been envisioning that because you guys have to sleep in there and it's kind of cramped that like any chance you get to just sort of hang around outside of it, you do. So I was imagining Aiden and Hugo just like sitting out on like the steps or nearby on a bench or something. Oh, that's fair. She'll find them wherever they are then and sit with them. Hey. Hey. What did the ranger have to say? Uh, Well, we got a lot of good information. They think there's some kind of creature out in the woods. It's knocking trees down. A couple people have gone missing. One of them is my brother. Um, oh, Raven, are you okay? It's it's only been a couple days. Um, he was supposed to check in, and he hasn't yet. He's with another guy who I think is his partner, who's apparently also really, uh, he's like a tracker. He's good in the woods. The head ranger guy doesn't, he's nervous, but he's not, you know, like he's fine. He just hasn't heard from him yet. So. Well, we'll find him. Yeah, that's our first priority. And second priority is figuring out what's going on in these woods. Apparently some people have felt like they were being chased by it. There's some scrambling in the trees and some growling, but nothing too concrete. Yeah, I took a bunch of notes. Um, Whitaker and Felicity will probably be back soon. They probably remember more than I do at this point. But yeah, that makes sense why I haven't heard back from my brother. Um, I did talk to my parents earlier today, and it seems like they are staying in Autumn Falls for the time being. So at least you don't have to worry about them showing up here like I accidentally told them to do. So, Do they know he's missing? I mean, I talked to them this morning, and they didn't mention it. That's something they would have told me immediately. Like, my family doesn't keep secrets or anything. That's <laughs> That's something they would have told me. So I don't know if... The park just hasn't contacted them yet. Maybe there's a certain amount of time. They wanted to wait until they knew it was a a problem. They're not just going to call an adult's parents because they haven't heard from him in a little bit. I'm hoping we can find him before I have to tell my parents and then we'll just, you know, let them know that he was on a camping adventure, but they don't need to know how serious it seemed. Raven's going to sit on the ground. (laughs) Aiden looks at you, Hugo, and she just says, gosh, so not simple. Oh, we're getting up early tomorrow and heading out on the hiking trails. So we should probably be prepared to set out, get a good night's sleep. Yeah, uh, what do you want for food? I can go start making something. Whatever you think is best. All right. Raven's going to stay outside for a bit and just sit. Bat Damien, are you returning? Yes. So Damien returns as a bat, shifts to man form. Whitaker. Did we pack the night vision goggles? I was going to do a look around. One, two. Where's Felicity? She, um, she's not going into the forest. I Um, don't need your excuses. And Damien bats off immediately. Fair enough. Felicity, you're on your walk. Where are you going? Are we in like a campground? Is that what this is right now? 
Essentially, you okay. are you were parked outside the visitor center, and there are trails and walkways you can go to to get to some cabins, some tent platforms, and then Damien, as a bat, was able to fly relatively quickly and find where the trails into the woods start splitting off and, and having signs for where those are. Okay, if there is some kind of a loop where like all the trailers are parked, she's going to be going around that loop. Okay. And just making her way back. As you are about halfway around the loop, you get a vision. Great. Can you roll your premonitions roll? Woo! Ten. That gets me, I think it's like a clear vision. You get a detailed vision of something bad that is yet to happen. You take one forward to prevent it coming true. This vision, you get the sense you are in the woods. You are in a clearing that has a large stone and... There is a shape moving around this opening and where the trees sort of give way to sunlight. You see a large serpentine shape rise up. It's backlit, so it's hard to make out exactly what it is. But you see these bright yellowish eyes slits down the middle of it, just staring at you. You feel like you're frozen in place and you hear someone yell, Felicity! End of the vision. All right, it's a quick walk back to the camper. <laughs> okay. Once I get back there, hey guys, uh, I'm okay, but maybe you do have to worry about me a little bit, maybe a little bit, because I had another vision while I was out on my walk, and I'll tell them exactly the vision that I just had. So yeah, serpent. We're fighting a serpent, maybe. I mean, with all we know, it could shapeshift and become something else. Because, like, what isn't possible at this point? But yeah, seems like a serpent. Uh, it's gonna be trying to get me. So, need y'all to have my back, if that's at all possible. At all possible, yeah. You're not leaving anyone's side for the rest of this trip. Yeah, okay. That I was gonna be a little bit grumpy about that, but that seems fair. I hate to restrict you like that, but um, I don't want to take any other chances here. Good news. I saw the serpent, and then I heard somebody be like, Felicity! So you guys were nearby, at least. So if I go off alone, nothing's going to happen. Nobody should be going off alone. It's not just you, Felicity. We should all stick together. I'll turn and look at Damien. Who is not here. He is a bat somewhere. <laughs> oh, that's right. I forgot. Uh, where's Damien? Unless you want to say you, like, arrive. Yeah, I was going to say he was probably following Felicity, wasn't he? Yes. So Damien was able to find Felicity, but didn't want to spoil her alone time. So he's just maintained his bat form and just <laughs> eye in the sky. He's just perched nearby. All right. Aiden opens one of the sliding windows on the trailer. I have food ready in like 20 minutes. Thank you, Aiden. You're the best. Aiden, you're great. I hope you like chili. <laughs> How's Raven looking? Sad. Oh, yeah. Okay. Trying to be strong. Mm -hmm. It's okay. It's okay. We'll get up real early. I'm not going to waste a moment of daylight. Aiden's chili is like cobbled together out of the various canned goods that Whitaker had on hand. So like beans, some tomato, like stewed tomatoes, probably some sort of like sloppy joe in a can, you know, to be the, the ground beef. 
And then like spices, which are easy enough to have on hand. They're not going to go bad in a trailer. And she will just like, there's one of those squeeze bottles of sour cream. So when everyone comes and asks for a bowl, she like takes it out, takes like two jalapenos and makes like a little sour cream smile on the bowl and like hands that off to everybody. <laughs> That's cute. Thank you, Aiden. I think Raven gets just the slightest bit choked up when she sees the little happy face and has to go sit down. <laughs> I think she like hands you the bowl, sees that it's getting to you a little bit, and she just says, it's going to be okay. I know. I know. Everything, it's, it's going to be fine. Eat up. You'll probably be sleepy afterwards. There's a lot of not so great food in this, but... It smells great. Thank you for doing this for us. Of course. You guys have chili and head to bed. The next morning, there is a tap, tap, tap on the door of the trailer. And Morton Mulhauser is there in his full ranger kit. He has small hot coffees and a little box of donut holes. All right, Morton, damn. He says, uh, well, figured serious business, but no reason not to be a good host. So caffeinate. We will head out as soon as you're ready. Fantastic. That's very kind of you. All right, everyone, let's get going. Raven, do you have the um? Do you have those stakeout cameras we used at the um at the lake? Yeah, of course. All right, get those. Get the maps. Get um. I'm trying to think of other spy gear we'd have for this mission in particular. I have the compass. Oh, perfect. Thank you, Miss Starnbrook. Everybody needs a copy of the map. And we all get walkie-talkies because phone service is shit in the forest. Yeah, I can loan you some. You'd be hard-pressed to get much signal out here. Great. Are we thinking a full sweep, sort of spread out, hit different quadrants and pairs, or what's your plan, Mr. Whitaker? I think that's as good a place to start as any with a missing persons case. It's better to cover as much ground as possible. I'm thinking... Pair up, spread out, and if we see any areas that look particularly battered, or if there are a lot of reports in the area, then we'll set up some of the cameras to see if we can get a better read on what we're dealing with here. I call Raven! You guys can partner up however you'd like, but I want everyone to make a group check I want to have happen, and you can each describe what it is you do to help facilitate the search for Lark and Jay. We can roll first and then determine what everyone's doing based on the results, or... I hate to break the game again. <laughs> I hate to do it. Do you? I feel like you enjoy it a little bit. I, I do enjoy it just a tad. Just a tad. <laughs> mm -hmm. But I do have a move called hunches. When something bad is happening, I pretty much know where it is. Oh my god. <laughs> yep. So can I roll for that as, like, my group roll? Sure. Okay. <laughs> I can't say no, because it is literally on your sheet. <laughs> you know what, though? Go ahead and roll, Felicity, and save your result. And let's get everyone else's rolls first. Got it. Uh, that's fair. Are we rolling straight rolls? I guess. Tell me what you would like to do to help, and I will let you add whatever bonus seems fair based on what it is you're doing. I'm going to roll for Aiden as well. This is a sharp roll. Yeah. Well, I guess maybe that doesn't work because then you're like, well, I rolled a fail, but if I get to add this benefit, I can do that. But I think sharp sharp is what I have to roll for hunches. Yeah. I feel like sharp would be it sharp is like investigate a mystery and stuff like that. Sharp is investigate. 
I was going to maybe let certain magical people add their weird to be like, I magically do this to help. Or like, you know, if someone is like, I want to keep Morton off the trail of the supernatural. I'm going to roll plus charm. Yeah, I feel like it depends on the flavor. So let's do this. Scrap those rolls. You can keep yours, uh, Maddie, because we know what Felicity's going to do regardless. Let's just go around. Whitaker, what is your thing that you're adding to this group effort to begin the search? So, yeah, you mentioned taking more off the trail. I think since Whitaker is the most official and also the most mundane, anything he does would look pretty damn normal. So he's going to be with Morton and just going to do a general like hiking trail kind of thing keeping him away from anything supernatural if he sees it and while he's doing that Whitaker's gonna he's gonna have a map and he's gonna be marking any areas where there are like felled trees or something like that so he can start to triangulate where this thing might be and like also marking down that's a fresh break in the tree and this is kind of an older one that sort of thing and Morton can show you like that was last week that's new I haven't seen that tree over since I've been out here last looking for Lark I'll let you roll plus your cool for this Whitaker, since you are you're sort of acting and uh, taking advantage of the fact that you are a, a cool secret agent here to distract from perhaps your not so cool other secret agents on the yeah. team. <laughs> <laughs> it's a 10, 7 plus 3. Okay, great. You managed to ensure that despite that it's maybe a little weird that you guys showed up so soon after he filed the report, Morton has no suspicions that this is anything to do with a supernatural creature. He might even bring up while you're out there, like, what was all that cryptid talk your subordinates were going on about? They seem mighty young. I must admit, I was not expecting... I mean, you're more the type I figured would show up if anybody showed up at all, so... Oh, they're enthusiasts. They they love the cryptid stuff. Uh, great forest workers, of course, but um, I think they're on the internet a little too much, you know? I think that's what it is. Kids should spend more time outside, that's what I say. Mm-hmm. No, I'm absolutely <laughs> with you. My dad would agree. Oh, that's right, because your dad is a park ranger too, right? Yeah. In England. <laughs> so many rangers! I love it. It's such a good hobby for the supernaturally adjacent. Yeah! All right, Damien, what is your assistance going to be like? Damien is not assisting in the search. Damien is flying above as a hawk, but his whole goal is to keep an eye on Felicity because Whitaker could not be trusted within 15 minutes of us getting there. Oh, so <laughs> Damien says that was a little salt in the wound i'm sorry she was like with inside of the trailer it was not a big deal yeah, um, yeah. Oh, no 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 but, i love this i love this yeah yeah but damien is very concerned especially with felicity mentioning oh yeah the visions of stuff attacking so he is 100 percent focusing his efforts on making sure there's no big bears or anything scary around felicity mm-hmm. all right that's absolutely a sharp roll then Unless you want to read it as protect someone and add your toughness. But I feel like sharp is the better role. It's a 10, so wouldn't right. matter either way. Success yes, then. it's a protect. Yeah. Great. Hugo, how are you helping out with this search? And I suppose, who do you go off with? Who do you, who do you pair with? Oddly enough, I think he would pair with Whitaker, just so that he could say that he is um, the ride-along. Do you, like, spin a yarn, like, oh, I'm a tree surgeon or <laughs> some other expert brought He's in. He's a researcher. Like, come on. <laughs> he sticks with the entire cultural anthropologist stuff. Okay. And this is just him getting an understanding of how various groups conduct their work. 
And what are you attempting to do with this other than remain inconspicuous? I guess at the same time as the various breaks and stuff in the trees are being pointed out, he's trying to index through his head what possible creatures this could be. Okay, sure. Why don't you roll plus your weird then as you are on the face of it, just being a, a researcher with Whitaker's team, but you're actually going through and trying to recall any information you've read about supernatural beasts that frequent forests and might cause some of the damage you are familiar with. So the funny thing is, do you know how difficult it is to fail when you have a plus three modifier? Do you know how <laughs> oh, difficult that honey. is? Oh, no. But you fail, though, huh? Yep. All right. We're a little bit too distracted trying to be inconspicuous, if you will. <laughs> yeah, it's Hugo is, I would say, not trained in subterfuge or needing to have a cover story because normally he can just show up quietly without anyone noticing him. And maybe perhaps there are moments where you're like, I could just slip off and and go investigate this on my own. But Morton is very much a proponent of, oh, nope, buddy system, don't wander off, don't get lost there, friend. The team works together, it's going to succeed together. All right. Let's push forward. <laughs> Raven, how are you approaching this investigation? And who do you pair off with? Are you with Felicity? Yeah, so Felicity said that she grabs Raven. And since Whitaker and Hugo and Morton are together, I think Raven's also going to grab Aiden and just kind of do two groups of three. Okay. And she's going to... First, she's going to pull Aiden aside. There's so many private conversations this session. So many private <laughs> conversations. <laughs> this is... This is important. She's going to pull Aiden like away to talk privately. You know what? We haven't established what we're doing with Ruby for this adventure. And I think maybe Aiden talks to Morton that morning and is like, we have our dog with us. But if we're part of, I mean, where can we? And he's like, oh, Darla would love to take care of the pup. Yeah, bring her on over. So you can walk with Aiden and Ruby over to give Ruby to Darla for the day. That is perfect. Um, can I ask you something kind of kind of serious yeah of course i imagine this must be pretty stressful for you i mean missing family member and everything yeah if we find lark and jay and they're like really really hurt or something would you be able to like bamf them to a hospital or something is that something you can do yeah i if, if you know if it's like an emergency or if if anyone really if anyone gets like attacked or hurt are you able to get them out? Uh, yeah, I've been to the hospital in Vernal Springs once or twice, so I can I can be there, yeah. But if someone's hurt, I'll just I'll take care of it. Yeah, I I'm just I'm worried we're going to find them and it's going to be too much for us to just magic hands them, you know. I'm I'm worried it's going to be really really serious and I just if if they're really really bad, I'm giving you permission to bamp them out and leave us. We'll be okay. But if things get really serious, I want you to get them out. I just keep thinking about Lark out in the woods by himself, possibly really hurt and alone. And I just, I want to find him and get him out as quickly as possible. Yeah, I, I promise I'll, I'll get him. I'll get him where he needs to be. Okay. Thank you. I know it'll be fine and we're going to find him, but I just... Knowing that we've had this talk helps. It makes me feel a lot better. Okay, good. Let's get Ruby to her babysitter. You hear 
and it's like the sound of a chainsaw engine going uh and ruby kind of like, scurries around behind you and you just see darla is out in front big heavy duty goggles on for eye safety and headphones to block her ears from the sound of the engine and it's just just carving away with a chainsaw <laughs> Oh my god, Raven's gonna try to comfort Ruby and, like, not let her run away. Yeah, Aiden's like, I'll go! I'll go get her! <laughs> Maybe we can get her some ear protection. Yeah, she runs up and taps Darla on the shoulder. She's like, oh, oh, hi, welcome to Glacier National Park. Oh, Miss Eugenia, hello. Hey. And Aiden explains, like, we're going off with your husband to look for a lark, and we were wondering if you could look after our dog. <gasps> of course yeah let me see her oh what a precious thing she like turns back at her chainsaw she's like guess we won't be dealing with you much the rest of the day i can tell this one's a little jumpy that's all right plenty of other things i can get working on what do you think do you like it it's supposed to be a badger <laughs> you can see like a half-formed badger in the wood like climbing on a thing <laughs> wow that's amazing yeah, you know, just a hobby. Gotta stay busy up here. Gets too quiet, I think, sometimes. Raven just marvels at the badger. <laughs> got nothing to say. Okay. So yeah, you you hand off Ruby and head back. Aiden will, like, offer you her hand as you're walking back if you want it. She'll take it. You feel not that she is affecting your mood, but you feel that warm golden energy when she activates her soothe ability. Just... A little bit to kind of cut your nerves. Mm -hmm. My actual thing that I wanted to do to help the search, because that doesn't really, I just really needed to talk to Aiden. Yeah, no, we can. Yeah. So when they are going to get started and actually go out hiking, um, she wants to talk to Morton and see if Lark had a plan when he set out, if he told anyone exactly where he was supposed to be going and see if they can focus on where he was heading first. Morton says, I've done most of the close trails. So today we're going to sort of cheat a bit. We'll take my Jeep and we'll head further in a ways and then park at a way station and then take the trails that are a little further out because... By this point, if Lark's been hiking the whole time, he's covered some ground. So we'll want to make sure we're not wasting our time, you know, with the easy trails is the way to put it, I guess. Because if Lark's on one of those, then he's liable to be coming back already and we don't have to worry about it. But if he's out there stuck or something, we'll want to head out to those further trails. And now that I've got more people, I'm not feeling like I got to take my rangers off their duty to go send them out or get the sheriff involved, that sort of thing. Sounds good. Yeah, I think we should cover where his route was supposed to be first and then branch out from there in case he got off the trail and doesn't know how to get back. He knows these woods, but there's some spots I could see where maybe if the trail got eroded or, you know, again, if one of these trees came down, he might be stuck. So we'll, we'll do our best. We'll see what we can find. So you're sort of hoping to help in a let's focus our attention here kind of way? Yeah, kind of just like a tactical approach to... Just trying to like, trying to imagine what her brother was thinking of like, oh, if something happened, if one of them got injured, would they try and head back or would they try and go to the closest, even if it's off their original plan, would they try to go somewhere else? 
So you eventually split up. You joined the Felicity Aiden group to go down one trail as Morton, Whitaker, and Hugo go down another. I guess roll plus sharp to assist with this as you try and get in the headspace of your sibling. That is a 10 total. Pretty good. Uh, I'll roll Aiden. I'm going to roll plus her weird because I think the way she's going to help is just by trying to get a an overhead aerial view. Damien is with you guys, but Damien is more focus on Felicity, whereas Aiden, knowing that Raven is watching Felicity, Damien's watching Felicity, she's trying to find Lark for you uh, or any sign of disturbances. So we'll see how that goes. Oh, that's pretty good. Six and two plus her two. So she gets a 10 also. So you're doing great. (laughs) Let's see. Damien, you had a 10 to help out? Uh, 11 to protect. And 11 to protect Felicity. Okay. Felicity, mm-hmm. how'd you do on your hunches roll? We come finally back around. I got a 11. And that lets you be in the right place at the right time? On a 10 plus, you know where you needed to go just in time to get there. Felicity, you love the woods. I mean, yeah. This is where you feel real comfy. Uh-huh. Uh, Tom and Ghosty are having fun. They're just scampering along the roots and, you know, little mushroom things at the base of tree stumps and flitting along in the air. I feel like I want them to be the ones to know the way to go. Is that okay? Can they? Yeah. Ooh, I like that. And I just follow them. Hey, you know what? Raven, you've got a spirit with you, too. Wendy can help. That's right. So if you tell Wendy a description of your brother, they nod and take a few bounding steps forward on the ground, then a couple more up into the air, and then vanish as they are wont to do in a swirl of leaves and little seed pods that flit through the air, since you guys are out there in the middle of spring slash summer at this point. I think Tom also flits way far ahead, and Ghosty will run a ways and climb up on a rock or an extended branch, or you guys see some of these fallen trees and just look around his little bony beak nose in the air and then turn around his ears twitch and he will scamper back to you, scamper forward again, do the same thing, doing essentially what a a dog would do in a hike on the woods, but clearly more aware and searching as you've asked him to help you. I think you hear a crash in the woods. And Whitaker, I'm going to say your group hears it as well, though it's much further off. Aiden comes down through the canopy of the trees and says, I just saw a tree go down uh, up ahead. Let's go. Raven takes off running. You guys all run along. You hear another crash and then a (laughs) kind of sound like like a strange snorting, howling kind of sound. Aiden occasionally will fly up again through the trees, look for where she saw it come down, and then fly back down and direct you. You have to go off trail at this point, and you're now just running through uncleared woods, so it's a little slow going. But uh, Wendy actually returns from wherever they flew off ahead and starts trampling the underbrush in front of you so you can have an easier time of (laughs) running forward. Occasionally they will just pull off a quill and fire it forward and it makes like a shockwave that knocks some of the grass and taller plants out of the way. Is Morton with us? No. Your group specifically is free to do magic, at least for now, because it's only... uh, Okay, yeah, I was wondering if they had caught up yet. Yeah. 
Morton and Hugo and Whitaker hear a crash. You're following that crash, although maybe you're hearing a different crash. In fact, let's settle that right now. Whitaker, you, Hugo, and Morton are running forward. You guys come upon what seems like a freshly fallen tree. You can see that it has been snapped off a ways up. Like at least 10 feet up in the air is where this tree trunk has been completely snapped and the tree has fallen and hit a couple of the trees as it's gone down, smaller ones that couldn't bear the weight of it running into them. Morton just like takes off his ranger hat, kind of wipes the sweat off his brown. Well, that's pretty typical of what we've been seeing. There you go. There's a there's your example. Hmm. Whitaker marks it on the map. Um, and is was this a live tree? This one looked to be a live tree, yeah. And it's uh, about the same height as the trees around it, just so we mm-hmm. can't... Yeah, okay. Um, and we don't see anything. Do you want to read a bad situation? Yeah, I was going to say, we're just going to climb the tree. <laughs> uh, well, th- there's not a lot of handholds on this tree. Oh, okay. It is a big enough tree such that the branches that you would want to be able to climb have all at this point either broken off or they've stretched up with the tree to the canopy. Mm -hmm. And I say canopy like this is not a rainforest, but tall enough where all the branches are at the top getting the light, whereas the rest is just trunk down at the the lower levels. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, Yeah, he's just going to do a quick sweep, do a little outward spiral from the tree, looking around, see if you can see anything. Uh, And because I have tactical genius, I can add my cool instead of my sharp to reading a bad situation specifically. So that is a 13 is what Dice Parser has given me. Wow. I don't think that I have that as an advanced move, though. So It's still three questions you get to ask, though. Any dangers I haven't noticed? You hear some footsteps of something moving through the underbrush a little ways ahead of where the tree has fallen. Hugo, cover me. You can kind of hear a hissing, like a... (sighs) 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 A little ways ahead. Hugo, stay close. Yeah, I'm gonna slowly approach the sound. What do you tell Morton to do? Mr. Mulhauser, you might want to stay back for a moment. We're just gonna look ahead and see what it is. Might just be a bobcat or something. What's your uh, next question? Next question is, what's my best way in? What route can I take that'll either not make whatever we're heading towards notice me, or at least keep me sort of protected if it does notice me? Us. I I imagine Hugo's following me. Hugo, are you following me? Yep. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you so much. The large tree that has fallen... The leafy branches of it could provide you with some cover to hide behind. So as long as you keep that between you and whatever is up ahead, you'll have cover. However, it might make it harder to look through and see what this thing actually is. Okay. Yeah, we'll stay behind that for now until we get close enough and then maybe we'll start to peek around it. And uh, we're just going to be doing that thing where we're like, Instead of walking on, like, the dead leaves, walking on, like, any, like, stones or stable logs just to keep footsteps from making too much noise. Classic LARP forest treading maneuvers. Yeah! Yep, yep. (laughs) (laughs) I think I'm gonna save what's my best way out for when we get closest. Okay. For when we get close enough to it. Sure, sure, sure. Hugo, do you want to make a roll right now before we leave this moment? 
I'm trying to think of what he would actually roll for in this case. You could just say what you want to do, and I'll, I'll you know, I'll assign whatever I think fits it best. We're just going to follow Whitaker's hunches and such. Best judgment. Hugo stays close behind. Morton, I guess, will stay back and come if signaled. But he is not an agile sort of guy. He can he can hike and tread with the best of them, but he's not like able to leap from rock to rock the way you guys might. All right, you guys approach through the branches. It gets a little difficult at a certain point to continue to approach whatever is up ahead without making noise because you have all these branches to get past, even though they're giving you that little bit of visual obscurity. Act under pressure and we'll see how you do. And that'll determine what I reveal or don't reveal next. Uh, 10. You do what you set out to do. Whitaker, for a guy pushing 60? Pushing whatever he's pushing. Yeah, we don't know. He's old. (laughs) (laughs) You still got that secret agent smoothness. You just step, 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 get your balance. Step, 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 grab a tree very quietly. Step, 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 and you go. You're able to follow along easy enough. Yeah, this is a man who's been in the forest before. Maybe been in some stressful situations in forests before. Maybe, yeah. (laughs) Maybe. Whitaker, what you see moving away and you only catch a glimpse of it as it moves down a hilly slope. Looks to be a very large four-legged creature with sort of a medium-length bushy tail. It picks its head up and turns briefly for a second, and it is feline in nature. It has a big bony ridge going down the top of its, or like from the its brow and then all the way back its head and sort of tapers and ends back at where the neck inserts into the skull. The rest of it, however, is furry and has like a bobcat or lynx sort of spotted but gray and brown fur pattern. But it is massive, bigger than any mountain lion you've ever seen. It's five feet at the shoulder, maybe 10 feet long from your best guess from this distance. And it kind of shakes its head again, bats at its ear a little bit with one big massive paw, and then continues to lope through the forest and vanish into the underbrush. And that's what you see. Oh shit. Can I get a picture of it before it goes? Or try to, just like... If you do, it might hear it. You've managed to stay stealth and quiet this whole time. Do you want to risk it? Yeah, I'm going to risk it. I'm going to do it. (laughs) Nothing ever gets done (laughs) by being smart. Go ahead, act under pressure again. Oh god, I've been rolling so well. Unless you have a playbook feature that you could use in your favor Um, in this moment. Ooh, do I? I don't think I do. You do have Hugo here, and Hugo might be able to help you if things went bad. Yeah, Hugo, if I roll badly, catch me or help me out or something, please. I got you. Oh yeah, it's a fail. (laughs) (laughs) How bad is it? Help me out, man. It's a six. You can do it. You can push me over. It's a six. So if Hugo helps out, then it'll be a mixed. That's true, but he has to succeed on his help out roll. He does have to succeed on his help out roll. So, um, Hugo, (laughs) it's all on you. Hugo? So just checking, what is Whitaker trying to take a picture using? I would think his phone. It's not like he has a DSLR sitting on his neck. just because it's on hand. Okay. And it's quiet, so it's not like it doesn't, you know, make the shutter sound or anything. Unless I forgot to turn it off, and that's where the six comes from. In order to be like 
Whitaker's an idiot. He wouldn't have a loud camera noise and be like, oh, I'll just snap a picture. But I will say that in trying to get a picture before it disappears, you rush a little and you're about to step on a, a stick or something to like make a noise or you're on a rock that is loose and it'll disrupt your footing and you'll fall if Hugo doesn't help out and do something in this moment. Well, we got an 11. Oh, so you catch the rock before it starts careening down the ledge and knocking off other rocks. So Whitaker, you you take a couple quick steps onto a rock to get a quick picture. You get something, but you start to lose your balance as the rock teeters a little. And Hugo, you reach out and grab Whitaker's jacket to pull him back. An eight, however, on Act Under Pressure, means I have to give you a hard choice, worse outcome, or a price to pay. So. It's fine. You lose two buttons from your suit. <laughs> oh, a real tragedy that would be. Mm -hmm. Now you can say it does hear us, and that's where I use my what's the best way out feature to, to make it out alive. I think the worst outcome is that, yeah, Hugo, you grab Whitaker's jacket and stop him from absolutely falling on his face and tumbling towards this thing. But the rock does get dislodged. <laughs> and lands. And the creature stops just as it's about to, like, go through the underbrush. Shit. Slowly turns around, starts scanning, and you can see its feline eyes just gazing up the forest and then suddenly settle on the two of you. <laughs> Felicity, you, Raven, and Aiden are running through the woods, trying to keep up with Ghosty Tom and Wendy as they dash forward. And you approach this clearing. It's very familiar to you, Felicity. Oh no. I will say for the sake of narrative, Raven, you are anxious. You heard the crash. You immediately go into panic mode. And as you're running, you trip over something and fall. And Aiden, as she's like flying along with Felicity, suddenly like sees you and is like, ah, Raven, and turns around to go help you up. Felicity, you just keep booking it. Yep, I'm running. Because you've got a hunch that you got to be somewhere for a thing to happen. Yep. You're running, running, running. You get into this clearing as Tom is just flitting around very excitedly. Ghosty and Wendy are sort of stopped and sitting next to each other, just looking up into where the trees begin again. And that crash that you hear happens again a little ways off. And again, you hear that sort of like, kind of sound but you also hear from much closer a sort of low guttural exhale it almost sounds kind of frustrated you see a dark shape moving through the trees ghosty runs over to you and is like pawing at your foot to like pick him up windy pulls out a quill and has their string pulled taut to like defend if anything comes out at these woods at you you see the eyes first. They are these glowing greenish yellow eyes. They give off an inherent light within them and they are ways off into the shadow of the trees and then quickly slither and move very fast, darting behind trunk and then coming back around and darting behind another. And rising up onto this rock 
is this serpentine shape. The figure is backlit as it rises up, this big, long, slender neck. You hear Aiden calling out from back in the woods as she's helping Raven catch up. Felicity! And as your eyes adjust to the light, what you see on this rock is some kind of reptilian figure. It's got long curling horns that jut back from its skull. Sort of a wolf-like, but again, very reptilian muzzle. And these bright, bright eyes staring at you. And it stares at you and says, What are you doing in the woods? I just want to talk. You're interfering. Listen, I, I really just want to talk. And they slowly slither down across the ground, their short legs moving them as they almost float. It's like they're half flying, half levitating as they slither up to you. You can see now that their scaly body has bits that look like bark and moss and other things that would indicate this is a creature of the forest and mm -hmm. clearly a spirit, not a beast or an animal. Yeah. So when I, when I notice that, I'll say, listen, I'm someone who talks to the spirits. I'm a connection between the spirits and this world, and I just want to know what's going on here. What's happening? What's the problem? I don't want to hurt you. I know you probably are here for a reason, and I just want to know that. This incident does not concern you, human. There is already a chosen one dealing with the problem. A chosen one? Who is the chosen one? And Raven, as you stumble out into the woodsy clearing and you see Felicity talking to this forest dragon, and you hear a voice, Jay, knock it off! And your brother, Lark, comes out of the forest, sees Felicity, and is like, Oh, crap! And he's like running his hand through his hair. His ranger uniform is must and sweaty and dirty, like he's been through hell out here. He's missing his ranger hat even. His walkie-talkie is like clipped to the belt, but you can see it's been smashed and broken. Hey! <laughs> he is like, listen, dude, we talked about this. You can't just show up when the hikers are- They, they were interfering. interfering! We almost had it! I know, but- I'm not interfering. I talk to spirits. It's okay. And Lark just, his hands like drop to his sides. And he's like, Raven? Lark? What are you doing out here? Oh shit, is this your brother? We're looking for you. We thought you were missing. She's going to run up and like hug him, like jump on him. <laughs> you embrace Lark. He's shocked, but hugs you back just as tightly. What? Uh, <laughs> So, um, he, like, doesn't know how to, like, talk about what is going down right now. She's gonna, like, pull back and look at him, and, like, make sure he's not injured or anything. The internship, mom and dad told you about it. I, I work with these people that help when there's missing person cases, or when we were in the area, and they said that you were missing. Raven, I feel like he knows. It's, sh it doesn't matter. We were looking for you. Where have you been? Wendy is up on your shoulder, Raven, and just now, like... <laughs> Like, sniffing at Lark. She's just gonna <laughs> half pet Wendy, but half pull them back of, like, not now. Mm-hmm. Where have you been? The forest dragon swirls backwards and lands on the rock, but as it lands with this shine of gold and green pollen lights and lightning bug energy, 
and it's almost like it's getting sucked into something as its body slithers and then vanishes. And what's left behind is the silhouette of a golden figure standing there, those same yellow-green eyes staring out. And as the light fades, you see a, like, oddly attractive-looking guy with moppy brown hair that has, like, a little green stripe in it. And he's wearing, like, simple clothes that seem to be pretty roughed up and just stands there on the rock with his arms folded. She's gonna gesture to Wendy on her shoulder and be like, this is Wendy, my spirit friend. I think we have a lot to catch up on, you and I. Jay just calls out to Lark. Lark! Explain to them our mission and how important it is that we not be held up by these foolish humans. Raven's gonna kind of nudge him and be like, is this, <laughs> is this Jay? This is Jay. He's my boyfriend and he's a dragon. God. And that's where we're gonna end it. You guys have reunited with Lark Eugenia, park ranger, chosen one, and his partner Jay. Beautiful. And Whitaker and Hugo are in... A tricky situation as well, as we left them engaged with some other dangerous forest creature. Whew! We made it. Whew! It's right. Wow. All right. All right. That was a lot. Yeah. Also, it's nice to meet you, Jay. I'm really sorry about all this. 